Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to Joyful Eating episode number 64. So today I have something a little bit different for you. But before we get to that, I'll just have to tell you about the best bite I had this week. So it's getting colder here. Definitely. I came back from LA and I'm like, oh, winter, winter has arrived. So on Friday night, we fired up, we've got a new like wood fired oven outside. And so we fired that up and I roasted it. An ocean trout in it, whole ocean trout, which is which was beautiful in its own right. Um, but then what I did was I put some lamb shanks in like my cast iron pot, my Le Creuset, with rosemary and uh, onion and carrots and just water actually rather than stock. And then just put it in the oven as it was cooling down and just left it overnight. And so the next morning, like the lamb shanks were like so tender, so beautiful. Um, and then I served them with like a lemon and um, lemon kind of pecorino sauce and some herby lentils with beets, which is like one of my favorite things. And it was just like so lemony and fresh and good. And I, um, yeah, I'm plotting <laughs> my next slow cooking experiment with the oven. So a plan for today is um, basically I've got a a fun interview that I did with my sex coach, Danielle Savory. So the plan is I'll I'll just share a little bit about the story behind my decision to work with with Danielle and then um, I'll actually jump into the interview that I did with her. And in that we talk about like the health, like kind of some of the most surprising, like the health and other benefits that we get from prioritizing pleasure. And also at the, listen on to the end, because Danielle shares a really beautiful like tip for how to like take baby steps to bring more pleasure into your life without extra time or effort, like, and, you know, not having to like take your clothes off kind of thing, like, but just to start to turning towards pleasure. And I really love her approach to that. So just quickly, like the story behind um, why I decided to work with with Danielle was 2022 is my year of fun. <laughs> and um, so I was thinking about, you know, what would I like, what would I like to do more of? And definitely I hadn't been following Danielle for a while, met her in um, when we did a business coaching mastermind together. And I just remember like I've been following her podcast as like, yeah, I really want to work with her at some point. Cause and it's not like my sex life was bad. Like I really have to say that my Irishman and I, and I and I, that, that's something that we, a strength of ours. And I guess it's just, it was just one of those things that, yes, it, it was great, but how could we make it even better? And so, and also I just, I liked that Danielle's like, like background in mindfulness and um, neuroscience, like so she really brings a lot of the science into this. And I knew that I would learn a lot from her as well as getting the benefits of, you know, just enjoying pleasure even more. So that's why I decided to work with her. And I'm so glad I did. It was, um, I joined for, it was a 90 day group program and it was just so worth that. I just really changed my life. So um, without further ado, here's a conversation that I have with Danielle. Enjoy. Okay, so today I'm speaking with Danielle Savory, who has just been my sex coach, and she is an amazing woman. And I just wanted to start by welcoming Danielle onto Joyful Eating. And also, yeah, maybe Danielle, let's start by sharing like your story. Like, how did you actually become a sex coach? Which does sound like one of the coolest job titles ever. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so interesting because it's just like one of those things you get here and you're like, I obviously like I couldn't have been anything else, but 
you know, looking back, you're like, I never could have predicted, you know, a youngin that one day I'd grow up to be this. But yeah, so I went to school to, I really wanted to be a brain surgeon. So I was on the pre-med path and chemistry and biology path. And then later I did a neuroscience program at a medical school out in England. And during all of this, I was also minoring in philosophy with a focus on Buddhist religion. And so at the time, these felt, felt like very like opposite paths, right? So it was like science and all the brain and physical form. And then it was like Buddhism philosophy. And they don't use the word mindfulness as much in like ancient texts, but it was that kind of contemplative wisdom. And these really did seem so far apart. Like people were confused, like, wait, this is, you're minoring in this, you're majoring in this, this doesn't make sense. But honestly, I just wanted something that really piqued my interest because you can't go to parties and talk about organic chemistry and philosophy. <laughs> I felt like Hi. I could a little bit more, like, Hey, I mean, I tried to sometimes it just didn't go over well. Um, and, and then after I graduated, I was studying for this like big exam coming up. Actually, it wasn't after I graduated. I was still in the midst of everything. And I remember looking over to my then my husband now, but my boyfriend back then and just like, I really want to go hiking. I really just, I want to go hiking. I want to go and be in my body. I want to go hang out with him. I want to be with him. And it was like, <gasps> I had this like moment. I was like, I don't actually want to do this. Like it wasn't just like, oh, resistance in this moment. Like I didn't want to study, but it was like, these are the kind of things that light me up. And like, this does it. And it was just this huge, like blow up, you know, <laughs> existential crisis kind of thing of like, wow, I've really been doing all of this stuff in my life for so long because it was just what I was supposed to do next. And I never really paused and asked myself what I wanted and what I really truly wanted to create with my life without the pressure of the shoulds. And then after that, I just kind of fell apart and I dabbled in a bunch of different things. And I knew I really wanted to help people, but I didn't know how. And then I had a lot of medical issues. This is a long story. <laughs> and um, I was bedridden for two years. And during this time, it was really obviously challenging for a number of different reasons, just not being able to do tasks of everyday living. And dealing with a body riddled with pain. And I was newlywed at the time and I wanted to be having sex with my husband, but I was also like, I don't want you to touch me. We wanted to start a family. And I was like, I, we have to have sex, but I don't even want to be touched. And just noticing the impact of like living in this body that I was so angry with. Like, uh, like, how could you fail me this way? Why aren't you working? I don't even know what is possible in my life because it hurts so bad. I'm like, I don't even know if I could be a mom, <laughs> let alone, mm. you know, of course I wanted to, but, it, but just trying to figure out like what my future could even look like. And this was literally the darkest moment of my life. And I remember going to a yoga class. And my girlfriend, my best friend, she really convinced me like, just go. And I was like, I can't even do a pose. Like, what am I supposed to do there? She's like, just go. Just, I really want you to go. I want you to learn yoga. And this is before yoga was like really mainstream. And so I went to the yoga class and I explained to the instructor what I was doing. She's like, you can just lay there and just listen to my words and follow your breath as if you're doing the moves. And that was when everything changed. That's when the first time I realized that 
you know, I could breathe, I could be in my body, but what was happening in my head was separate. Like there was all this like narrative and talking to me and criticism. And I was like, no wonder I feel like shit all the time. Like I'm living with this like abuser inside of my head. And that's when I went back to like my Buddhist studies and into my brain stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much connection between the brain and mindfulness and just really started studying it and finding instructors in mindfulness that spoke more of the sciencey language because there wasn't that many at the time either. Like they were really hard to find because that was just coming out. This was like in the early 2000s with that kind of research and started applying what I was learning to like just being kind to myself and having compassion and being in my body and applying that to like holding space for my body to experience pain and pleasure with my husband and just kind of rethinking and redoing all of it. And then I heard that there was this thing called life coaching. I was like, oh, that's a way for me to teach everybody. And the rest is kind of history. Yeah. So that's how the coaching piece came in. Yeah. I was just studying with like uh, Kristen Neff. She's the woman that wrote the self-compassion book. And I was at one of her, um, she, she trained me years ago and someone was like, oh yeah, I'm a life coach. I was like, wait, what? What is that? <laughs> and then they told me. And so I got certified and I took all my mindfulness and my stuff I'd learned through sex and applied it with the coaching tools. And so the pleasure piece like and the mindfulness, like that's what really helped you heal yourself and get mm-hmm. to a place. Yeah. I would say the mindfulness was a huge part. And honestly, the self-compassion, like the tone that I talked to myself, it wasn't just like putting myself down. It was like everything. And I still find layers. Like that's the cool thing. When you start doing this work, you think, oh, I'm, you just heal and you're done. But it's like, I still find layers. And consistently finding layers of the way that my internal dialogue is less than supportive and less than kind. And that's really what I think the difference was, was that was a huge part because I wasn't triggering my nervous system constantly. So it was like the mindfulness, it was that mind-body connection. It was learning to hold space in my body for pain without creating more suffering from it, right? It's like pain can exist without making it worse and without upping my inflammation with my thinking and with yeah. my brain. Wow. Yeah. Like that's, it's pretty interesting story, Danielle, to go to all those places. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And being like a thinking person up here, right. To being in your body. That was so foreign to me, especially mm-hmm. coming from this overachiever, studying all the time type of background, like academic to that. It was like, wait, what, how do you, <laughs> how do you even do that? Like, that's a thing. Yeah, You could just feel without thoughts. <laughs> so like, I guess you could have gone anywhere with the mindfulness coaching, like, and being mm-hmm. self-compassion. So why, why did you specifically decide to focus on sex and pleasure in that part of it? Yeah. Well, I started actually doing kind of more mindfulness and self-compassion coaching. Like I actually did start with that and I was teaching classes around that and It's kind of funny because I did this guided visual (laughs) where you go through, it was a tool we had done in one of our certifications and you go and you find and you meet some wise person in 
in somewhere, right? Like you're making it all up in your imagination. And I met this Native American man in this very forested area. And then they're supposed to give you like an object or you open a box and it's supposed to give you insight into where you're going. <laughs> this sounds very woo-woo. Okay. So and I opened box? it and it was, a, it was a vibrator. And I was <laughs> like, what? Okay. And I had already been starting to talk about pleasure and sex more, but then that happened. I was like, I think this is really, really what I want to do. And from my own healing journey and the own journey that I did, I really noticed that when I focused on my sexual pleasure, there was so much tied up in there. It was like, that's the way, like that is actually the way for us to tap into so many limiting beliefs and the way that we're holding ourselves back from our potential and really stepping into our power. I honestly, and still to this day, believe that as you know, those of us socialized as women, this is really the path, like the quickest path to a self-compassionate way of being and also just liberation and really tapping into our, you know, our potential and our power is through our relationship with our sexuality because it's so repressed in so many areas. So it's like the biggest opportunity is actually through our sexuality. And it's because yeah, yeah, like there's still taboos around it and there's still like conversations aren't on happening. Yeah. Yeah. And also the other thing is, is like your body doesn't lie, right? So you can use your brain to power through a lot of things in your life. Like I did it for over the first half of my life, right? Like you can use your brain and you can power through, like you don't have to fully believe you're going to be able to be a doctor and be a doctor because of, you know, sheer will, willpower (laughs) behind it, but you can't experience the level of vulnerability and connection and like just mind-blowing ecstatic pleasure when your body is having particular beliefs, when your body is full of tension, when you're experiencing a bunch of anxiety, right? So it's like, it's this beautiful barometer for us to really see what's going on in our brains and with our beliefs when we show up and we're like, well, how much desire do I have right now? And it's like, oh, well, that's because I've been being unkind to myself all day, or it's because I'm blaming, you know, my partner for all this, or I've been in the stress cycle. Like it's an immediate barometer for you to be like, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So it kind of shows us the way of like what needs attention. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So when you work with people, Danielle, like, like in terms of, and help them become more in tune with this, this barometer, like what Mm -hmm. changes do, like, do they notice in their lives? Like when they, when they start to explore and unpack this and get better at experiencing pleasure? That's a great question. I think it's different for everyone. And I think some people notice certain changes first, right? Like before (laughs) other ones, like they might just notice that it feels less tense with their partner, right? Or they might notice that they just feel calmer in the evening time with their kids around or, you know, like it's like outside of the sexual relationship is when they oftentimes will start to notice big differences, right? Oh, I'm just more present. I just notice I'm more fun. I'm more playful with things. I don't think things as seriously. I don't get triggered into stress as much. And then there's, of course, the obvious, like just having better sex. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just getting aroused quicker, having more fun, looking forward to it. You know, and then there's these other, I remember one client, she said to me, she was like, it's the first time I really noticed it. She'd been practicing. She's like, I was grocery shopping and I'm pushing my shopping cart and all of a sudden, you know, and I noticed my brain going down or and some woman had given her an eye or said something about her and her kid because he was having a hard time. And she noticed for the first time her brain, you know, like right there, like, oh, that was hard. That was a hard moment. Like I've got you like this beautiful self-compassion practice. And so it's like, I think it's those things that happen as well, right? Those changes that you see in the in-between moments of the way that you have just now literally trained your brain to be nicer and be on your own side. Yeah, right. So there's the obvious benefits of like the sex part, but then it spills into all the other areas of your life and how you are just being in the world and how you can you can be have your own back even when whatever comes along. So so worthwhile doing the doing this work for sure. And so in terms of like like have you come across any research in terms of like specific health benefits of like people that have more sex because any because I like I'm really fascinated by longevity and um you know yeah. living a long and healthy active life but you never and you always see all these studies are looking at like alcohol consumption and longevity or exercise and longevity and or like you know different people who eat different foods but you never see anything like I haven't seen any research on people that have sex more often or better quality sex like are they living longer and being you know healthier and happier <laughs> like have you yeah, seen anything on that I don't Well, I've seen in longevity of marriages and just the overall happiness of marriages. So one of the things or in long-term partnerships. So one of the things that they have studied is just when people like rate their happiness or their satisfaction level, that's always a huge part in it, right? So it's like when when they're looking at their overall satisfaction level and they've been married for 50 years or something, the people that are highly satisfied or, you know, really still just like growing closer and closer with their person, they are having regular sex and they usually define regular sex as one time a week. And it can be more, but they're having that that regular sex. But they have done studies on the benefits of orgasm. And I think that it's the same, we can say pleasurable sex, like I don't like to have to be an <laughs> orgasm. And I like to think about the people they were probably putting in this study were enjoying it and having really good sex. It wasn't just <laughs> the <laughs> orgasms, <laughs> right? So, so with orgasms, they definitely do. They have just noticed like your vitals are a lot healthier. Um, you have more of that balance in your nervous system between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. They have noticed, you know, our overall well-being. It helps with heart rate. It helps with memory. It helps with cognition. It helps with blood flow. Like there's a bunch of things the studies have shown with that. And then I like to think about the qualities or the traits, right? That better sex allows you to have. And and it's like you and I've been talking about the self-compassion is the huge one. But one of the things I think is the most overlooked is your mental focus. That was one thing that I found to be a lot better because you're using the skill of mental focus to be in your body, right? So it's like a meditation practice. It's a mindfulness practice. And so when you're using that during sex and you're having good sex and you're having more of it, then that does translate to 
So it's building that that muscle of being able to focus your, so being, yeah, practicing focusing your attention in the bedroom helps you practice focusing your attention when you're working or when you're like doing other things as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like way more more fun than than meditation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like sitting on a pillow by yourself. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then the other thing I think is really great that I notice is resilience. Because when you think of pleasure as being like a balm, right? When you really think of it being like a balm to a sore throat, mm-hmm. right? Like it meets ourselves. So it, it it allows us, well, we have reservoirs of pleasure is how I like to think of it. Like you're building up a pleasure system in your brain. You're building up um, pleasurable memories and experiences and things that you're tapping into. You actually can hardwire, you know, the feel good stuff inside of your brain, right? So you're hardwiring that in. So when things are hard, when you are going through a challenging time, these qualities that you've developed, the pleasure, you know, being on your own side, the love, the happiness, the joy act as a buffer to the heart. So it actually does create more resilience for you to be out in the world because you've created kind of these reservoirs of pleasure and else, you know, and the compassion and love and others. So it's not just focus, it's the other, it helps you mm-hmm. like be able to navigate the other difficult things in life as well yeah. because you've got that. Yeah. yeah, I love that idea of like a reservoir of pleasure, like to yeah. help you through tough times. Because it's like the best, I mean, I really have found it, I'll use this in like a solo or a self-pleasure practice where I'm going through something really hard or really emotional and when you can experience pleasurable sensations in your body alongside your sad, it's like the most healing thing ever. You know, it's like right there together and they can be really married and it can, you know, help. I feel like it just helps flow through your body with more ease. It helps like not push it down and ignore it, but experience it in your body. But we don't always have to experience really hard emotions by themselves, we can experience hard right. emotions. So it's a way to, it's a way to soothe good. yourself and and support yourself mm-hmm. to feel, which is going to yeah. be way more effective than going to the cupboard and grabbing a box of cookies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, think about it like a baby, right? When they're being held, like being nurtured, being taken care of, like yeah. you know, in a mother and mother's arm. It's that like when that feel them. good, the softness. They're you're rubbing them. They might smell you. Like there's all these really beautiful things that go on with our soothing system in our body that you can experience with pleasure practices as well. Yeah, right. And I guess, yeah, like it could be any type of pleasure. It doesn't have to necessarily mm-hmm. be so sexual, but like just yeah. but being able to, like having that that skill is is really yeah. useful. Wow, this is so much to it, Danielle. Like, <laughs> and it's like, like there's so many, like, it's like, why wouldn't we do that? And, and yet like so many people, like, you know, we're busy and we're tired and we like pleasure gets pushed to the background. Like, we're like, oh, not tonight, you know, let's, so if someone's like, you know, on board with this idea of like, yeah, I do actually want to have more pleasure. Like what's a good place to start including more of these types of things in your life? Yeah. Well, I would just recommend, cause I think it's like, 
our brain is already going to resist things. We know this happens, especially with new habits, even if they can be really fun. and good. Right? <laughs> it's like the brain just wants to push back. So knowing that it's like, the, what's the path of least resistance? It's doing the things you're already doing with more of a focus on pleasure. So identifying a couple of things that you already do during the day that you could incorporate some sort of mindfulness practice where you're being in your body with sensation and hopefully with sensation, that's something pleasurable. So if you're used to going on a walk or even make it simpler, like if you take your kids to school or you're driving back, right? Like what is something that is pleasing to my eye in this drive, right? Or on this walk, what is something that feels good in my body in this moment, right? It is a smell that I notice that is like really turning me on or I really enjoy it, right? So it's like, you can take small moments of things that are already going on and practice connecting to with some kind of sensation that is pleasing to you. Yeah, right. And so it could be just visual. It could be just how something looks or how something smells or how something tastes. Yeah. <laughs> like, tastes, yeah. yeah. Or touch, you know? And so then it's like, if you really want to take it into the more uh, sexual realm is to even just start connecting with the felt sense of touch in your body, right? So something you could, and again, it doesn't have to be sexual with a partner or even, you know, <laughs> it's so low mm-hmm. self-pleasure session, but something you're already doing, like washing your hair or, um, you know, putting lotion on your body, like really letting yourself feel your hands on your body, really letting yourself experience the joy and the pleasure of like massaging your scalp, even if it's only for 10 seconds, you know, so paying attention to these small moments that were already happening and soaking in the sensation of pleasure, like, oh, that feels so good. And like really touching yourself and allowing yourself to feel your own touch. That's already going to start training your brain. Number one, for the focus, number two, to be in your body. And then three, you're turning your attention to pleasure. And so it's just, it's little things, isn't it? I love that. I love that you, mm-hmm. like in the group when I was coaching with you, that you like got us to do that exercise of like when we we're brushing our teeth to like just mm-hmm. tune into the the taste of, and noticing how it feels. Like, so it yeah. doesn't have to be this big thing. It can just be small everyday moments where we're exactly. just being more intentional. So good, Danielle. I'm so glad that I did the work with you. So if someone you know, wants to find out more and come into Danielle's world and get coached by yeah. an amazing coach, like what's the best way for someone to get to know you a bit better? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram if I'm not banned, which happens. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't happen uh, to food <laughs> when I'm posting pictures of cake. No, no. But when you're talking about sex, I think I'm shadow banned right now, um, but I'm not, uh, they haven't deleted. They just deleted me off TikTok. So I would say Instagram's the best. It's at danielle.savory, but you can also just find me on my website. The best way just to keep a hold of what I'm doing or even just getting little tips is get on my mailing list and you can do that 
at yeah, my website, I really recommend Like there's been a few emails that you sent that had just one idea that I used and it was so fun to like, so yeah, definitely. I highly recommend yeah. everyone to get, get on Daniel's email list. Yeah. Sure. And the program that Jules did right now, I'm not running that. I don't have plans on running that program again, but I do have a membership now called the Turned On Woman, which is very similar. And that's just all these guided practices. And then you get to coach with me once a week in that and doing fun workshops and whether it's, you know, feeling your touch and, or we even do mindful eating exercises, you know, all the way into like how to enjoy oral sex or what yeah. to do with your your partner, you know? So there's a whole wide range to really meet you where you're at with your sensual journey and your sexual journey. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is just, I, I love being part of a group, I think is so powerful, Danielle, yeah. in terms of like, yeah, having conversations and just seeing what other people, seeing other people get coached and see what they're struggling with. And you can like take that on without necessarily getting coached yourself. Like it's such yeah. a supportive, fun community to be a part of. And I think, you know, with yeah. sex, so much of it is that we'd not, we'd just not on our own with it or with our partner. But like, so just to be thinking with other women thinking and or other, yeah, like yeah. other people thinking about it, it's really, it's yeah. really fun. I honestly feel like, you know, I've worked with clients one-on-one, I've worked with them in groups and I love what happens in groups because it's exactly what you said, Jules. It's like that we get that community support and that automatic feeling of compassion, but it's pretty revolutionary to share these conversations. And number one, we haven't been allowed to talk to it. We haven't had a space to talk about it or a container to talk about it in. And then once you do, you realize you're not alone and you get to learn ideas from people. You get to feel like seeing like, wait a minute, you had, you had that experience too. So did I, and you let go of the shame so quickly and just being able to celebrate, like celebrate the fact that you had an ear ringing orgasm with your partner last night. Like, who do you get to tell that? <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe your best friend, but even then, it's still not something we really talk about. So to be able to like share these kind of fun celebrations with a group of women is pretty awesome. Yeah, and the other cool, like, really fun thing is just finding out about things that aren't you didn't don't even know exist. Like I didn't. You were you were talking about the um, the heart orgasm that you that you'd had, where yeah. you like you're feeling into your heart. I was like, I didn't even know that was possible. Like I didn't even know it was a thing to even wish for <laughs> and now it's like oh, wow like so it just really opens your mind to like what else is possible in, in yeah. the bedroom as well so fun it's so fun so fun yeah yeah awesome well thanks so much Danielle. I really appreciate um taking the time to come and have a chat really and thank you so much for being my coach I've really really loved working with you well it's my pleasure of course Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast. And I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes, so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.